Welcome to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one show to bring you all things Club America in English. Your host for today, Ivan Pineda, Christian Rosendo, and everyone's favorite cowboy, Dylan Jimenez. Let's start the show. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Eagle Eye Podcast, the number one podcast that does not have interruptions, as you guys will see later on in the show. But we have plenty to talk about today. We have, of course, the Classico Hoban to break down. We're going to be talking about that uh, quite uh, no zero zero that we got at the Azteca. And then, of course, we're going to be looking ahead onto the Classico Capitolino against Pumas and where will we have enough players to even play that game? You're going to have to wait and find out later on in the show. But as always, joining me tonight is uh, my two co-hosts from New York. It is Brooklyn's very own AJ and New York's favorite resident, Christian Rosendo. Gentlemen, how are we? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for asking, Ivan. How about you? Doing good. Doing fine. It's a Tuesday. Can't complain too much about it. Christian, how's life over there? He's on me. Oh. He's, he's, I'm on he's mute weird. because I'm watching this uh, very, you know what I'm watching. Anyways, life is good right <laughs> now. Um, school stressful like always, but happy to be on another podcast talking about our America, which I think we have lots to discuss about today. Um, so this should be a good one. Definitely, definitely. Our beloved cowboy will be joining us any minute now, but he is working behind the cameras right now. So uh, any second now, he will be joining us. But okay, gentlemen. Like we just mentioned, a lot to talk about because we got to really break down everything that happened against the Cruz Azul game, everything that happened prior to the Cruz Azul game and afterwards, because I know, Christian, you're going to have quite the injury update to give us. Um, so, I mean, let's just get, let's just roll right into it and let's talk about that uh, 0-0 result that America ends up walking away with. Really, before we go and break down this game in, into what we think it was or what a lot of people thought it was, Kind of give me your guys' kind of reaction, or at least how are you feeling walking away from this game, knowing that at least America got a point, got a clean sheet. I mean, sure, we didn't look at our best, but I think in hindsight, with everything that's going on in the club right now, I think it's it's a pretty decent point. I mean, I mean, I, I guess I'll go first. Um... Just to put it out there, I don't think a draw in any Clásico or in any game, as a matter of fact, is a good result for us. But I think, Ivan, you make a really good point with just everything surrounding the club right now. Injuries, I guess we're all assuming. Um, it's, a, it, it's a good result in the moment. And, you know, we, we don't lose a point. Uh, we don't lose two points. You know, we're, we're still theoretically kind of in the same position in the table. Um, we're, we're, we're doing well for ourselves in, in, in route to, to another playoffs. So. Overall speaking, it's a good result, but I think we could have done a little bit better in terms of the chances that we were given that maybe potentially we could have walked away with three points. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it really was anyone's game, although I think maybe the tide is a little bit tipped a little bit more to Cruz Azul. But AJ, talk to me a little bit more about this game. How did you feel walking away after those 90 minutes? This is like currently how I was feeling throughout the entire match. I was just kind of, you know, having like this pillow right here, the School of America pillow. I just had my head on there. I was kind of asleep because that game, it was just overall a struggle to watch. Just, I have no idea what happened to America, honestly, after like the first half, because it seemed like at that point we were just struggling left and for the most, I felt like we were just struggling. And in my eyes, it just felt like America really, really weren't really making the most out of it because it seemed like Crucial were just knocking on our doors every single time. They were just getting opportunities left and right. 
yes, some of their um, shots are off target, but in a way, it just kind of was just scaring. Um, on Medi- it was just kind of scary in a way for me. That's how I'm. That's how I was seeing this match. It was not. It was just not a fun time for America. We got a draw though. We're still. Um, we got a draw, so that there's something to go with that. But it just, I didn't really enjoy this match overall. It just wasn't a fun time for me. I feel like it just wasn't a fun time for America. Oscar Menes did play amazing though, and taking Ochoa's spot, he had a he had a blast, just making saves left and right, for us and keeping America into this game. Along with some defensive efforts from the defense, but just all in all, it just wasn't a fun time. No, I think you're correct. I think it was an enjoyable game, and it's completely different from kind of what we were feeling a week ago after that Chivas game, right? Whilst we, I, I wouldn't say that we played our best game that game either, but I think it was a two different spectrums. I think at the end of the day, because America does walk away with all three points. But let's uh, let's let's start at the beginning with this one and. By the beginning, I mean right before this match even starts. So obviously we had confirmed your guys' lineup, which was going to be Memo Ochoa, and then of course the back five, and uh, and and so on and so forth. But the big news coming out minutes before the warm up, uh, minutes before the match started, during warm up, looks like Ochoa pulled a, a a bit of a, a muscle, and then of course is is taking off. And like you mentioned, AJ Oscar Jimenez have to replace him, and I think um, I think that really spoke to to what America season it, it has been going like, you know, we're we ride on a high for a little bit. And then all of a sudden an injury comes and just we're completely back at square one in regards to how this team is playing, how we're going to come out, what kind of, you know, formation we're going to use. And then of course, as the game progressed, we ended up getting two more injuries after that. Of course you get Aguilera who has to get taken off and then you get Caceres who also has to be taken off. So, I mean, that's two center backs out of the five that's out of your five back defense. You lose two to injury you lose your goalkeeper beforehand i mean christian what's going on in in in, in america is oh, is this is this really have to go mm-hmm. down to the kind of training management and, and the physical trainers or is, is are we just cursed does america just have bad luck listen this is um this is a topic i think that has been surrounding this institution for a very long time now um we can go back maybe four seasons ago when injuries first started being relevant uh, in Club America and just impacting us on a, almost on a weekly basis, it seems like. But to have three injuries in one match and typically, like you said, I think all muscular in a way, I, I, I think it's, you know, Bioho likes to kind of go away from the, from, from, the, from the theory that it could be, you know, the training or the trainers, uh, my bad. Um, he, he, he doesn't like to put them at fault. Uh, he likes to, you know, I- include external factors, which, you know, to some extent, he is correct. You know, some players are doing more work than others during the week. So I, I do understand that more rigorous work. But at the same time, though, you have other players who aren't doing those same uh, rigorous extra work and they're still getting injured and more frequently than others, too. So um, definitely, I think it's time to start asking questions within the training staff and what is going on there, because no other team in Liga Mekis has the same injury problem but us. And it's, uh, it's, it's, getting, it's getting to a point where, you know, we're going to start losing important players and uh, more uh, down the road closer to playoff time. And then we're just going to be left with, you know, people that we don't really have much trust in. And that's not going to be a good look for us because then, well, come playoff time, we're not going to have, you know, the strongest line that we can. And that might not go in our favor. Okay, well, I I do want to jump back into this whole injury stuff, and and I think that's something that we're heavily going to talk about later on in the podcast. But I think let's let's talk about the game first, and then we can get into a little bit more of what's going on in America in regards to, um, 
you know, injuries and stuff like that. I, AJ, I know you have quite the specialties when it comes to kind of uh, these things. I know you're studying for this type of stuff. So I'm definitely going to ask for your input and, and ask for your two cents in regards as to how you think America can fix this and, and so on and so forth. But um, let's, let's talk a little bit more about this game because I think America showed very promising signs in the opening 25 minutes of the match. I think, you know, moving the ball a lot. We we're actually taking the game to Cruz Azul. We looked very energized. We looked like we we're ready to give it uh, everything that we have to do. But then, I don't know, there was kind of a stepping off period for America in which I think they let Cruz Azul settle into the match. And because we didn't take our chances early on in this game, I, I think it just kind of played the narrative of what was going to be for the rest of this match. I think it was settled into the game. They started moving the ball more. And like you mentioned, Christian, we had no midfield because of this formation. And because of that, we just gave Cruz Azul the ball too much. And we didn't really have a response. And we didn't really have an answer to as to not only how we were going to contain Cruz Azul, but how could we go and then go up on their half and try to create something. So I'm just curious to see what you think about this formation, 5-3-2 again, featuring against a team like Cruz Azul. And then two, what do you think went wrong for America? Why did Why was there kind of this stepping off period? Um, obviously you guys know my, my thoughts on the five, three, two, I don't think we need to get into that again. You know, thankfully Brian's not here or else this would be a little bit better than the presidential debate we just had. But, um, I mean, honestly, in some parts of the match, uh, well in the first half, I think, I think it, it, it did well for us because I think it just allowed us to kind of just the constant, constant aggression on their side. And then when they did have the ball and attack us, we, we, we had enough to kind of sustain the pressure. But I think that's just about it. And I think that's where all of our concerns come is, you know, we did get to their half and, you know, we did get um, these kind of looks in the box. But in terms of real dangerous changes, I think we only could count maybe two uh, out of the whole match. And that to me is very, very concerning uh, considering the players that that, that we have. So, uh, definitely not not the brightest uh, of, of attacking days for for the number one attacking team in the league. Um, I, I but I think credit where credit is due. I think Cruz also did a good job in kind of containing us and is just you know having answer for almost everything we put out. And I think that kind of just falls back on a little bit on Piojo, just not you know adjusting to to what they were doing defensively, uh, and and so on and so forth. And then in terms of the the, the stepping back, uh, I think you 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 said it. You said the answer. I think in the second half, Caruso just adjusted adjusted to what America was doing. Um, obviously the injuries didn't help. Uh, you know they they kind of took advantage of that a little bit, and you know you did kind of see a more Cruz Azul you know attacking half from them in the second. Uh, but overall, uh, I, I think America went toe-to-toe with, uh, toe to toe with them. I know everyone else has different views on the game. I know all you guys think that uh, Cruz will kind of just, you know, danced on us a little bit. But I honestly don't see it that way. I think it was maybe 50-50. Um, but uh, but I, I think credit where credit is due to our, our defenders that stepped in. You know, Ramon Juarez, uh, I think, came in in this match and kind of just played lights out for us. Uh, AJ, I think this is something you should be very excited about that. You know, considering you were the ones that that that, that kind of said that Curusu kind of mopped, mopped us a little bit, you're not really giving credit to to your boy Ramon Juarez, who I think stepped in in a crucial moment of the match too, and played beautiful and played I think out of his mind. Yeah, no, because like he had a job to fill, and if I'm not mistaken, he substituted who it was because like I was doing hard to that. He subbed in for was it Gasseris or Aguilera? Gasseris, Gasseris at the 39th. 
So, yeah, like, it was, like, in the 38 minutes, he already had, like, a job to do. Because, like, yeah, he started already, but it's one of those things, like, in a classical, you're thrown right in. He did play in Steelers Lab, but this time, it's like you're playing way more minutes than you're supposed to. And for someone who is a key part of our defense, like, gosh, is just getting injured. Ramon Juarez and me, like, already knew what to do from the get-go. And, yeah, like you mentioned, Christian, like, you said that Crusoe were knocking on the door, but it's like defense, but credit to the defense, like they were all doing a good job along with Oscar Jimenez and trying to make sure that Crusoe weren't getting anything going, which is what I was really happy about on Wires. He was getting, he's getting consistent, um, uh, how should I say, like consistent good performances as he performs, which is what I like seeing from him. But then at the same time as well, it's just like, I, I mean, Considering what the, the inch that we have to our defenses, it's like we did all that we can, which in our part, it's good considering that with the inch that we just had to Casares and Emmanuel Aguilera, who just had to get subbed off, you know, due to injuries. Like we surprisingly held on to our own and did well towards the very end. So in a way, like I guess in a way I can see what you're saying. It's the 50 50 Rome, because I feel um Christian, because I feel like both teams were making an effort in trying to score goals. It may seem like one team, because like I'm looking at what Crusoe, like they had the chance, but it seemed like all their shots, it's like it was going way above that crossbar. It seemed like they were kind of looking careless with the ball. Why I feel like America with some of the chances they had, they were chances that actually were close to hanging, like um Cordovas's um uh First um, attempt at goal, the ball just went slightly over. And then we had Henry Martin's header, which actually got Corona to actually go move towards the ball and try to save it, which almost went in. And then I think you said at some other point, um, Christian, that Cordova did happen to get another shot on target. So that's something to look at. But I felt like in this one, Gursu were a bit more dumb like towards the very end because I feel like it was the tale of two halves kind of thing where it seemed like the first like minutes in that first half it's just like yeah America you know we're looking really good Gursu were kind of like like on shorts like what to really do at that point but then the second half I guess then it was like their time to show up and then try to do something to America in which you know how that all ended up it just ended up in a boring nil nil draw. I think you have to kind of take into perspective the fact that, you know, whilst America held their own, I think some criticism will definitely fall on Cruz Azul because you look at the players that were in that back five, at, you know, even after the injury to uh, Cáceres, then you have, you know, Ramon Juarez, who's, you know, this youngster, and then you have Aguilera, which we know is very unreliable, and then you have Luis Fuentes, who isn't naturally even a center back that isn't even fit. Um, so I, I guess some criticism will fall on Cruz Azul because you would imagine at the beginning of the season, if I told you that was our formation against a, a, the, the top leading uh, team in Liga Mekis, you would have been worried that we were just going to concede goals left, right, and center. But um, I, I mean, some credit, I, I, I do think Cruz Azul will, will merit some criticism in, in, in that aspect. But Dylan, I'm curious to, to hear your opinion in regards to what you think uh, this match was for America at the end of the day. We know that it wasn't the best result and, and definitely not the not not the greatest of play. How much responsibility do you think falls on that kind of creative half for America? I'm talking Cordoba, Benedetti, Henry, even Gio. Well, I mean, you go back and look at the first half. I mean, there was only one shot on goal. I mean, getting my stats from SofaScore here, but I just feel like this was a, a pretty dull game for me. You know, I, I feel like it was boring. I mean, I was falling asleep. I was yawning. I was tired. Um, you know, you said it yourself, you know, this this first half, I feel like we could have put something away, but we didn't uh, besides that one shot on goal. Um, 
So, you know, you, you got to go back and look at it and you still got to hit the training ground. You know, I feel like this team, you know, it's what like the 10th tornado, but I still feel like we're just barely on the second one with this team, especially with all the injuries, injuries that we're plagued with. Um, I feel like some of this team still has having trouble gelling to some extent for some players, especially since a lot of players are getting moved around and um, some are getting brought in. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, not, not an ideal result, like you were, like uh, you and Christian were talking about, uh, but, you know, given these circumstances, you know, I think uh, we're kind of a bit lucky to walk away with the draw um, considering uh, the players that Cruisers will have. Yeah, that's why I said, you know, some, some criticism will definitely fall on them because I think they had the better talent pool up forward and they didn't really take advantage of it. But am I the only one that wasn't falling asleep watching this game? Because it seems like no, everyone was everyone saying that this was a boring match. I, I didn't I mean, really in the see second it that half, way. In the second half, I could agree. It got a little bit dull. But I think that's due to the fact that, you know, to make my point, it was just a lot of back and a lot of back and forth in the midfield. Nothing really yeah. going on, and that's why I don't really understand the the, the comments of Kuro still wiping us throughout the whole match. So that that that's where I'm getting my my um my confusion because like like you, Ivan, I wasn't really falling asleep. I was I was enjoying it. Was, it was actually a pretty entertaining match for me, I guess. Uh, just a lot of back and forth in the midfield, like like me and Dylan just agreed on. So um no, Ivan, I I wasn't falling asleep. It was definitely a little bit more entertaining, but. Like, 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 I, I think we keep reiterating, you know, we had chances in the first half. We had two clear chances in the first half. And there's those chances that could have won you the game. And, you know, unfortunately it didn't. And, you know, it just came back to haunt us. Yeah, I think we see a different America side once we take an early lead rather than when we don't. And I think this is the first time that we don't really see that happen for America. And that wasn't really the response that you wanted. But then again, of course, all these external factors. I mean, you know, it's not for it's not that we're trying to make excuses for the players because there is no excuse. You know, we're playing for America regardless of who you are. When you're play, when it's your turn to be on the pitch, you should be ready to give 110 percent and go out and win the game. But. Yeah, it. it it was very lackluster from America. And I think, you know, why I think Rizul was the better team, at least from my perspective, was because of the back and forth they were saying in the midfield. I think America had no answer for Cruz Azul at all in the second half. Benedetti was just a spark. And that was it. Just a spark at the end of the day. We were relying too much on individual performances to bail us out in this game. And quite frankly, that's not something that you want to see from an America. Like Dylan said, 11, 12 jornadas in already. That shouldn't be the case for America. We should have been more gelled by now. We shouldn't be relying solely on an individual talent from Gio, who I thought actually looked very well against Cruz Azul. Um, Benedetti, again, the other person that I thought looked really good against uh, Cruz Azul. But, I mean, those are really my only two key players that I can highlight. Um, you know, I'm not going to say Cordova had a bad game because I think he just had a lot of things to do that he was just kind of all over the place trying to take care of as much as he could. Uh, I mean, Richard, again, just was there, didn't really hold that center defensive mid-roll the way we want him to. Um, again, but you're asking a lot for one player to cover a lot of ground, in which, I mean, granted, you were able to do that with Guido, but again, you know, we're talking about two different players here. So... It, uh, it was just frustrating to see that America had no answer for Cruz Azul and that the midfield battle was completely won by them. At, you know, they moved the ball around however they wanted to. Granted, we did do fairly well to close down some spaces. I mean, you saw them get a couple of shots in the second half, which I think, you know, credit to Jimenez, I think his position was very well. I don't think there was ever one world-class save that you just thought, my goodness, how did he, you know, pull this one off? Um 
But, you know, credit to him because I think he came in, stepped up, did a really good job. But, again, I just want to see more from our players going forward, you know? Because like you mentioned, Christian, we're supposed to be the best attacking team, yet, I mean, we kind of look like Mazatlan going forward. Correct. And, you know, I, I, I don't like to make excuses and I'm trying my best not to sound like it, even though it does sound like it. But, you know, we all have to take in consideration everything that's going on, you know, injuries every single week, formation changes every single week. You know, we talk about this kind of consistency that we want to see from our team. But how can there be consistency if we don't even have cons- consistency with, with, you know, with our formation, the players that we put out on the pitch? You know, it's one thing to do it in the training ground, but it's a whole other thing to do it on the, on the on game day. And I think that's where our major issue is, is that we never, ever have a complete squad for more than, I guess, four weeks. And, you know, it, it's very hard to turn around a team or to get them, get them to, to play a certain way when you have them for a week or two. And then one key element goes down. You have to bring another one. And now that element have to, has to get adjusted. And once he does, boom, another one goes down. And then you kind of have to readjust to that, you know? Okay. Yeah, I agree. And then I think this is a perfect segue to talk about these injuries that continue to plague us and kind of debate a little bit as to who's at fault here. Is it is it the is it the staff? Is it the trainers? Is it, you know, is is it Jibir? Uh or what's his, his name is Jibir, right? Jibir Becerra, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Um I'm gonna call him Gibber. Yeah, I'm call him Gibber. <laughs> Welcome to the Eagle, Eagle Eye Podcast, Gibber. Um is it Gibber's fault? Um, at, at, at what extent do you also blame external factors? Like Miguel said, the Mexican national team and the training that they had to do prior to this game and having to work and all that stuff. And then how much credit or how much liability also falls on the player themselves? You know? Definitely. Um, so I, I, here's here's my first question. I'm going to throw it to AJ first because I think this is his specialty here. and Because uh, he's he's, you know, studying to be a, uh, a, uh, an expert at, you know, the sports therapy. So, AJ, from your perspective, from what you've learned, from what you're studying, from everything that you, you know, that you've kind of grasped, where do you fall in between these lines of, is it the trainer's fault? Is it the player fault? Is it these external factors like the Mexican national team training camps? Where do you fall? Where does your expertise tell you that Things have been going wrong for America in this department. So talk to me, Doc. What's going on with our players? Like, like there's many factors to consider. Like, as you mentioned, like the external factor of training with the Mexico national team. You have two things to worry about. You got one. You have to start practicing with the team. You're gonna ha- you're gonna be practicing along with the team, and then you have to then practice with the national team. So that's just like twice the amount of work you're gonna be doing. It's the same kind of drills you're probably doing as you're doing in one team, like as a goalkeeper, you know. You're doing your saves, you're running around, you're doing for the passes, all of that everything's expected in a goal. And you're going to be doing something similar to that to the national team. So then at some point, it's, you're going to have a lot of fatigue around with your body. It's kind of like one of those things, like how much can your body really handle it? But then at the same time, it's one of those things that seems like, are the fitness trainers really doing their job? I'm pretty sure like they tell them that's the most important thing. You're supposed to stretch before doing any kind of physical activity as you don't want to strain or you want your muscles to be completely tense. But it's just one of those things I'm trying to figure out, like the constant injuries that we're getting at Kua Medica and we're just seeing this is not happening to any other team in the league. I'm It's just kind of like really neat dazzle. It's like, are the, are, is the medical team really doing their job? Are they really identifying the issues that this player 
seems to have are they forgetting like maybe they should be you know in um therapy or in rehab for a bit more to let that injury completely heal up because it seems like with Manuel Aguilera the injury he's got from what I was looking looks like it was from an, an abductor so it's like a um uh, it's a groin uh, muscle injury in this case and some what people are saying it's from the same area again but that's starting to warn me it's like if why if the injuries happening in the same place over again it's then making me wonder did the fitness trainers take all the precautions necessary did they follow all the sense that they want the, that player to follow exactly in order to prevent something like this from happening again and knowing when you're getting this injury in the same area again it could leave you sidelined even longer which is you definitely don't want this, especially in the situation that america is currently dealing with and you have all mochoa he pretty much um injured his um left big toe, which is on the fl- um the flexor longest muscle. So this gets out. He's out for four to six weeks. And considering what the amounters you're gonna constantly be doing as a goalkeeper on the Mexico national team and for Fluid America, it's just putting in a long, like a lot for your um for your body to like really do. So just from there on there, it's it, I feel like it's honestly fatigue. What's kind of I know you're they're professional athletes. They should be able to match things like this. But I feel when you're having to then um, balance two different things, especially in the same week. Like we just had the classical um oh, and, and then the next you didn't have to practice against Guatemala, but now that's completely not happening. And then from uh um Sebastian um Gassides, it's uh, so he looks like he was limping on thigh. Usually it depends how seriously it could be taking recovery, like maybe two, three, or four weeks in this case. But then just like it's a thing over again. It seemed like some of these players just happen to just get injured like at the really at some of the worst times like look um got this injury that happened in the 39th minute and for someone that's constantly starting every single time it's just like leave me so confused to saying like why why are some of the most important players in this team where just any player matter of fact are just getting injured left and right and i think as christian mentioned at one point even the players that don't really even play at all they're just sitting on the bench like couple minutes in 10 minutes or something they're already like picking up an injury it's like wondering are they not really are they not really doing any kind of exercise at Coapa? like do they not do their stretches are they not are the fitness trainers at crew america not giving them the necessary exercise that everyone's supposed to be doing it's just things like this is just making me confused it's like what what's going on here is it the external forces on some of these players like ochoa Sarah's Cordova, I know he's not injured, but just mention this case where, like, Jorge Sanchez is going to be called to the national team. They didn't get injured at all, so that's making me wonder, are they following the things they're supposed to be doing? While Ocho, on the other hand, maybe wasn't he not following the things? I'm pretty sure. It seemed from the look of yeah, your face. Yeah, Ochoa is just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old enough. I don't know. I, I feel like, do I don't you, know. Okay, do. I, I feel like Ochoa's injured. We kind of need to leave out of this picture only because, you know, I think that was just kind of... Not, not 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 like a like a fluke, but it was just kind of like a like a like kind of kind of just like a random thing, I guess. It's just spontaneous out of nowhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, there like you go. That, that's the word. That's the word. That's the word. Unfortunate, and I don't think it's fair for Piojo to kind of blame the national team because this has never really happened I think before. It's, fair. it's not fair I think at all. Sure. There's no fair. This isn't like so so, so. so how come in other previous call ups he had he didn't get injured? How come in this one when he gets injured, obviously before a classical, he has to play the national team? I think it's fair because I think. That, we don't know what happens behind closed doors. They get um, they get an update by the by the physicians over there in the Mexican national team, and it's like, hey, look, he might be carrying something. 
then he might be carrying something. And I'm pretty sure they didn't overwhelm him at the America and training had, camp. And, and, and how, do you know, just, how do you know it wasn't picked up at America camp, brought to the Mexico camp, made it worse by the Mexico camp, and then, you know, resulting in that injury? This is the same Mexico camp that when Ochoa was injured before the Gold Cup final, they were like, yo, you're going to play. Regardless, now you're playing. And they I mean, came I, out after, the, after the final that he, he was injured, wasn't he? I mean, I don't think Ochoa would have backed down either way. I know exactly, but it's just like, okay, so if this is the risk that they're willing to take, who's to say that they're not going to partake and be like, okay, yeah, he might be having a little bit of an injury, but here you go. He, he's, he's back with you guys. For a friendly against Guatemala? <laughs> I figured this I, just, I friendly, don't know. It's one of those things like I, some people put the blame like on the Mexico national team or they put that club at the same time like you're an athlete. If you're going to be called to do both of those things and you agree to it, it's like, okay, that's on you. Maybe... At some point, if you're feeling some kind of discomfort, maybe the player should say to the physicians to the fitness trainer, like, hey, I'm feeling some kind of discomfort here. It's like, can I just, like, take a break? Yeah, I know. Like, we don't know what truly happens, but it should be one of those instances where I feel like if a player is feeling some kind of discomfort in an area, they will usually maybe go off to the sideline, like, some things like they do report like in training camps are like, oh, the player decides to like just take a break or left training due to some kind of injury. And this thing, it's like if you know you're going to be playing for both games, like it feels as well you should be um, physically and mentally prepared to um, be able to play in both for the Mexico national team and for your club team. So in this case, it's like for Ochoa. In this case, I feel like a fact that maybe age can just be catching up too, and it maybe he doesn't have the same physical levels as he used to. Even though, despite we've been seeing him, he's been clear, he's been good throughout the entire thing up until this point. And I just maybe feel like at the same time with you adding in with COVID nineteen, what's going on, the throwing in the international break right there, and then you have like the league schedules where you know for America they had to play three classicals back to back to back, so you're going to be having your players train extra hard for these upcoming games. And then while players like Ochoa, Sebas, and um, uh, Jorge Sanchez, they have to also be prepared for these classicals and for the Mexico national team. So it's just one of those things. It's like, if you're going to agree to go do something, you get called up. You're, that's your job. You need, to be, you need to be able to, I guess, be physically ready to, be a, to play in both, for both the Mexico national team and for your club team, if you do happen to pick up an injury, then that's just unfortunate in this case. Not to say like it's the player's fault completely. Maybe they did something wrong at train. Maybe they um let maybe they landed on the foot wrong, or maybe they might have strained something there. Just I don't know. I get what you're coming from. I when you're saying that you're putting like the blame on the Mexico national. I just think well, I just think it's just. First of all, I think we can all agree that this is very. Very poor planning from the federation to put a Mexico game in between. Uh, I do want to put on the record that I don't think there should be any international matches this year. I think that was just poor on FIFA in general to schedule any international matches yeah. throughout any confer- uh, any confederation. So yeah, agreed. The, the, mm-hmm. In a crisis that we're in, that's very, very, very irresponsible. So just putting that out there. Agreed. But now that that has been played, I think for the most part, you should just keep it at the fetch of FIFA. Right? Which... I mean, correct. If you have to play, this one is not. This one is not. That's what that's what that's what bothers me most. Is like correct. 
and this, this is completely off subject because now we're talking that Mexican national thing. But I, do you do you ever see these these Frances, the Germanys, the, the the Spains? Do you ever see them play against lower European sides where they don't even have to call up their international players? And they're like, you know what? We're just gonna have a training camp. Just give me the, my domestic players. Come in. Do you ever see that happening? I mean, you know I mean, you I, ever I, see I was, that happen? So I, I don't understand no, why Mexico no. has to do that. I guess it's just part of their their new program. I mean, we we every every coach was made aware when Tata Martino was brought in that these camps were going to happen. Uh, and whether you agree or not, I mean, you know, you 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 kind of agreed by letting your players go. So, I mean, you know, you can't really blame the camps so much. But I do get your point that we are, I think, pretty much the only national team that does do these camps. So it does seem a little bit irresponsible to kind of hold these camps when it's not a fecha FIFA. I mean, at the end of the day, your your arm's being twisted as a club because you have to let them go. Correct. If you don't, well, then you're talking huge repercussions that no club wants to deal with. But again, that's we're we're definitely straying away from the point at this point. That's okay, uh, Christian, I think you were you were saying exactly the fact that most of these things seem to kind of fall into the category of unfortunate. Right, the Memochoa thing, very just, just the Ochoa thing, just the Ochoa thing, the Aguilera thing, the Cáceres thing, the Sergio Diaz thing, the Ibarguin thing, the Gio. the Gio thing, the Viñas thing. Listen, that's a lot of players I just named already, and I think there's I think three or three or four more to go. Those yeah. are not unfortunate. Those are not unfortunate. Those are due to something that I guess America just hasn't untapped yet, and we need to figure it out because, like I said, this has been a, a reoccurrence for about four seasons now. And this is getting ridiculous at this point. But but at this point, where do you fall? Where do you draw? Okay, I'm, I'm not going to say that the club is not at fault here because they are. Because this, where I was alluding to this is the players. At, at what point do you do you do you blame them? And two, at what point do you blame the club for getting these injury prone players if they should have done their scouting properly and say, okay, this guy's maybe a little bit too injury prone. Mm. You know how things are here at America. Maybe we don't go and fall in line. Same thing that happened with Jeremy Menez, right? Correct. Just to that point about Sebas Cáceres, he had no injuries prior to joining America. Joining America, he does the second injury already. So I do, I do agree that we do contract, you know, some injury-prone players, Jeremy Menes, you know, being one of them. Uh, Santi Cáceres had, had, had an injury report back, in, back then, uh, Sergio Diaz as well, I understand. But at the same time, though, why are these players getting injured so fast? Sergio Diaz hasn't even been playing for a good month yet, and he's already injured. And I think he's almost missed a month. Exactly. So, like, and, uh, and, and there's already people calling for his head. I mean, the guy's played, like, I don't think he's even played a full match. Nah, I think he's played, like, maybe, like, 80 minutes in total. That, that's what I'm yeah. saying. So, like, stuff like that just can't be happening. You know, it, it doesn't make sense. So how, here's my question. How do we get answers? Because at this point, I I'm think going down the to Mexico have, and figure it out myself, actually. I'm, the club I'm, has to be transparent at this point. Bioko might want to deflect it and say no. But look, if, you, if, if you're that confident that your training staff is doing the job that it has to do, and I know he said it very, uh, very bluntly saying, hey, come down to the practice. You'll see that everything's good. Show me numbers. Show me something. Show me because I know that you guys are monitoring these players. I know you guys have the chips in, in kind of like the vest things whenever the game's over. I know you guys have them during practice as well. Show the numbers. Present them to the numbers. Present to the general public and say, "Look, we're not at fault for this." Because then, if that's the case, then 
by all means, then we need a huevo and some water, and we just need to have Olympia all around Coapa because something <laughs> is going on. I don't know. Because something is going on here that mm-hmm. Christian, we cannot have this go for another year. No, definitely. And I and I think you 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 say right when it's time to you know start looking at the players because you know there are many players in the world. I know now, and I'm comparing them to you know kind of the kind of the elite, but players do take precautions outside of practice to not get injured. They they take those extra steps to kind of you know heal their body and you know rest their body before a game or do something after practice. Those are the little things that can work a long way. There there's reason why the very few elite barely get any injuries because they're they're doing these extra things. Now I know you know you know let's let's say America's not. In the elite tier of that world, I understand. We are but the it, elite tier world. <laughs> yes, in my, in, my, in my little heart and mind, we are. But what I'm trying to get at is that these players should be more cautious of, number one, who they're playing for because they're not playing for, you know, just any team. You know, this is the, the, the biggest team in North America. They should know that they need to take care of their bodies, you know, and they know that a lot of people rely on them. That's number one. Number two, if they feel like something is wrong, like AJ alludes to in, in practice and whatnot, you know, they should probably speak up, be like, hey, listen, you know, there, there's, you know, we maybe try this. Oh, I don't think this is helping me. Oh, I don't think, you know, this is stretching me enough. Uh, you know, do something. But Ivan, I agree to your point as well. You know, show us, show us that that everything's right. Make a YouTube video about it. You know, we know, we know that he loves making, that, you know, do something live because you can edit that. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We, we, we know he loves making contact. We're, we're talking about Jibber now. Uh, he loves making content, right? So make us, make us, make us all Instagram live of the whole team doing doing a workout. Do do something to kind of calm or I guess what's it called? Uh, you know, just negate the fact that that theory that it's you causing the injuries that it's not true. Like I, I even said, we just need proof right now because right now it's just absurd and it just can't continue. Yeah, and then of course now you have this whole thing. I'll talk a little bit more about in in the segment where you talk about. What's going on in Cuba? But I mean, now you have Paula Aguilar, who's probably going to miss the game against yeah, Pumas. Yeah, Paula Aguilar. Ankle injury. And and now it's just like, okay, at this point, I feel like Jibber needs to come out. Jibber. <laughs> <laughs> that's wait. He's been baptized like that on the podcast. Now. He needs to come out. And, 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 and in the next press conference, I would love it if they just said, you know what? For five minutes, you have him. Ask him anything you want to ask him. I think at this point he has to come out and he has to say he has to he, he has to save face at this point and say, look, it's not me, it's not my work, it's not my staff. It's an external factor to all these injuries, right? Because we need answers at this point. Because you, it, at this point, someone quote retweeted uh, the injury was like, are we and said in Spanish basically saying like, are we even gonna have enough players to show up? Like if it was a Sunday league match. You know, like this is a Sunday League match text that you're like, is, is, are we all going to be able to make you guys? Like, it mm-hmm. feels like that like, at this point. Is, are we going to have enough players to even play this game? We're going to be looking at Forza Vasica's players. You're like, hey, um, you're going to play next time. They're like, wait, what? They're like, you're getting on. I won't be surprised if we end up like for a couple for on the bench. We're going to see some players from the sub 20. And I'm just like, huh? I wonder why they're there. Oh, that's right. It's because of injuries. They just have to fill the spot out. So I mean, well, well, I mean, and yeah, and, and, right. and at this rate, they're gonna get looks because someone's definitely gonna get injured, right? So the, these players are definitely gonna get some looks. It's now. like a curse. <laughs> it's it's like the it's like 
I got one. Hence like, my I egg a, theory. You gotta <laughs> do the whole Olympia. It's like that thing, like we're mentioning, how America has like the Ford curse, where it's like the Ford, like their Ford can only have like one or two good seasons before they just go on a complete gold draw and then we sell them. And I think like the whole entire injury plague, where it seems like this player can be healthy, like you mentioned, Sebastian Cassidy's did not have an injury, then comes to America, had like two injuries already, and it's like, what's going on? Maybe yeah. I want to think, they're professional athletes, but maybe I'm thinking when COVID happened, and you know, they canceled all the games, I'm pretty sure the fitness trainers and the general reports to send their players like exercise to do, because I know in the America, America Feminine, the fitness trainers are actually sending the players the, um, the exercise they're supposed to be doing, and they're like, Show us that you like you've done like you've done the um exercises like to con- for confirmation. It could be one of those things. where maybe with the medica players, maybe someone didn't really go com- like follow the exercises routine completely every single day, or maybe when they're thinking like you mentioned, Christian, like you're a, you're a soccer player, you're already training outside. I feel like maybe you shouldn't do anything more soccer related because then you could have the chance of picking up an injury. Like I don't know go do a pickup game or something with your friends like that are outside. <laughs> I don't think they for- go do that, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, see Bruno Valdez at a pickup park just going Yo, out. Yo, uh, I don't know. Just people. like with their friends or something at their house or whatever. They have like some um some place to play. But either way, it's one of those things I feel like if you already practice enough for that day, I feel like you shouldn't do anything else really to it. Maybe like at night, just go do some kind of like light exercise to make sure your muscles are not completely tense or anything like that because then it just feels like... I don't know. It's like, are the players like really, truly exercising? It's like, who's then, then it comes back to the thing. Who's at fault to blame here? Is it the, is it the external for, um, factors out here? Like, is it like the Mexico national team? Is it the, is that, is it the club or is it the player's fault? Are just getting injured? Is it thing that we're just like too confused? It's like, so like, was it, what's really going on? Or is it the case of just all of the above Dylan? This conversation has been everywhere. I don't know what to comprehend of it anymore. And, and, and look, it's, it's going to be a continuing fact. It's going to be a continuing narrative for America for the rest of the season. Because, Christian, like you mentioned, if you're a betting man, you bet that America is going to get another injury before the season ends. Oh, and I'm definitely a betting man. <laughs> you are. You're a high roller when it comes to betting. Um, but that's the case. And, and, and something has to come out and we have to get answers. Will we get answers right away? No, I don't think so. Uh, will we ever get answers? Still up in the air. I don't know either. But if we ever do, you guys will know about it here on the Eagle Podcast, so make sure you guys stay tuned. All right, gentlemen, I think we've talked about this more than enough. Um, it's going to be an ongoing debate because I promise you we will have more to talk about in the upcoming weeks. I mean, we'll see what happens, but so far, it's just kind of revolving, and, and that's just kind of been the news for America this whole week, this whole season, actually, and it's quite unfortunate. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see, and uh, I mean... Hey, just keep our fingers crossed or something. Definitely. I will say this though. The injuries tend to happen after that America final against Cruz Azul in 2013. That's when we start getting a little bit more injury prone. Wouldn't you guys say? We got a little bit more, like, you know, you got Benedetto come in, is injured, and you no know, Pablo Golds would get injured here and there. Pablo Aguilar too. Pablo Aguilar, sorry. I, I have a feeling that one of the witches did a witchcraft mean, on us. I mean, I mean, that, and we, we all know injuries are part of the game. You know, it's, but not, it's like no it is, not like this, but I mean, I don't know if it started way back then, but I'm gearing more towards maybe, I don't know, maybe start of 2018. I think that that's when we really, really started to see, to notice a problem in, in Club America with injuries. 
Um, and it's like you said, something has to change because we we as an, as an institution just can't go on like this anymore. Because if you're gonna depend on you know, it's it's a problem not knowing what twenty two players you're gonna have next week. You know whether you're gonna have you know fifteen of them. You know if so, it, it's it's definitely a problem, and it's definitely something that we're gonna have to, I guess, just figure out soon because you know this is is it, it's absurd right now. Dylan, to who do we have to sacrifice? What do we have to sacrifice to the to the injury gods so you. that they can you me you yeah? Let's do it right now in front of everyone. Let's just let's just get it over with because I'm tired of this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, then, gentlemen, let's move on into our next segment. And, uh, well, I mean, we kind of covered most of it, but any updates in regards to the world of Guapa, Christian? Yeah, so, I mean, we literally just finished, but it's more injuries, right? All right, so, uh, Guillermo Chihuahua, unfortunately, uh, will not feature for Mexico and Club America um, out four to six weeks. Um, if 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 lucky, you know, we'll 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 get him back by the start of Ligia, but uh, you know, it's it's still it's still time time ahead. So hopefully he can recover fast. Uh, in the meantime, Oscar Jimenez will be will be the starting keeper for us. Um, I don't think there should be any worries there. Um, you know, he's been in this position before where he has to kind of just pick up uh, an empty goalkeeper spot and perform well. And uh, I think to up to this point, he really hasn't disappointed us. So. Tough, uh, a lot of tough matches still coming up for us, and he, he's gonna have to be on his A game, but I, I think he can do it. Um, Paul Aguilar, you know, uh, he left the game with a little, uh, the little discomfort. Um, it's very probable that he won't feature against Pumas, but uh, that's still to be determined. Uh, Sergio Diaz is slowly but surely getting better, but unfortunately, still not 100%. Uh, so I don't expect him to be uh, in, featured in the match against Pumas. And uh, Cáceres and Aguilera, as you guys know, they picked up injuries in the Cruz Azul match. And it seems that it's 95% likely that they will not feature against Pumas. But like, like I said, anything can happen, though. But it's most likely that all those players mentioned will not be available for Pumas. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. Very, very tiny, though. Well, that's that's the news for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. That is the news. Um, uh, I have some positive news, I guess, if I could bring it up into this thing. Um, uh, Club America and Fuerza Basica players, um, Santiago Naveda and Ramon Juarez, got called up to the U20 Mexico national team. So that's something good to hear. But then now that kind of worries you because, like, if Ramon Juarez does get called up, then well, well I guess that's a def- that's another defender missing. So there's... does that does that impact for Saturday's match? Um, no. I, I don't, I don't think he does, recently, no. recently made the call up as well. So like, I don't think he's going to be going I think I like, for next week. Yeah. He's going to be going. And uh, which, when we can have time, way, please, because we, uh, I was like, I was like a little medical. We can't, we can't plan out, you know, a week, a week ahead. We, we no. unfortunately we have to take everything day by day. day, by day. Yeah, yeah. Or hour by hour. It seems like. Imagine. Damn. Well, I mean, also in regards to the Mexican national team, I think uh, Cordova and Henry, uh, as well as George, were all called up for obviously the match that they're going to play tomorrow against Guatemala, but then also the European tour that's going to take part over in um, in the Netherlands. It looks like it looks like, from what I was reading, that George and uh, and Cordova were not going to go. Yes, correct. Too many, too many injuries and, and too many vacant mm-hmm. spots. The idea is to let Henry go, but they're trying to work it out so that he leaves after the Pumas game. Correct. 
and not beforehand, which we will have more updates for you tomorrow. We should have a little bit more of confirmation as to whether or not that's going to happen. But I think for a fact, it looks like Cordoba and George are staying in mm-hmm. Coapa, not going to Europe, which is a bit unfortunate for them because I think it's 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 definitely deprives them from a really great experience. But your job's got to come first. And, you know, America definitely needs both of them, especially George, I think, you know, more than anything that this- I don't really know who would play on the right if we lose him. Oh, actually, no. I was going to, like, say um, Paul, but I'm like, yeah, but there's the injury thing, so... Exactly. So I think that's exactly... We switched, actually, no. I was going to be like, yeah, let's play with three at the back, but, oh, no, I don't think we're even ready to play three at the back, because if we play three, then uh, that's... You're just giving up the season, AJ. You're just giving up the season. (laughs) (laughs) Um... All right, then, gentlemen, let's talk America versus Pumas in the Clásico Capitolino. But beforehand, I do want to remind every single one of you out there that are watching to make sure you guys go check out Foot Cult. If you guys haven't done so already, make sure you guys go check them out. They got amazing gear. They got amazing stuff. And if you guys code, if you guys use discount code EEP at checkout, you guys get 10% off. Gentlemen, you guys loving the Foot Cult? Love Foot Cult. Love it. Literally, they're definitely a fun brand to work with. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of cool stuff coming up, guys. So please go check them out. And if you like something, which you should, because there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of flavors to choose from. Definitely use code EEB to get yourself a nice little ten percent discount. For all you Halloween lovers out there, they just dropped this great orange training top kit, going around with the festive spirit of Halloween. So make sure you guys check them out. And uh, yeah, use discount code EEP at checkout to get 10% off all foot called gear. Not just Eagle Eye podcast stuff, but as you guys can see, all foot called gear, which I'm really loving this black Eagles from Mars training top. I mean, love it. Absolutely love it. Looks good on you. Alrighty. Well, thank you. Thank you. All righty. Gentlemen, let's move on and let's talk America versus Pumas. Clásico Capitolino. We're at home yet again. I mean, the only bright thing about this whole three week. Uh, span of classicals is that we haven't had to leave home whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I think if we had to travel on the road, that would be way, way different. Yes. So uh, talk to me, gentlemen. How are we feeling coming into this one? Um, I mean, given everything, uh, I, th- I think I'm confident that we, c- we can play well enough to make it competitive, um, which is something that I, I think that make it just, just, just strive for, especially in a classical. Um, you know, a lot of people would, would kind of just diminish this as a Clásico and kind of just take Pumas lightly, but that's the complete opposite uh, because Cruz, uh, uh, Pumas is, if not the same, on par with Cruz Azul in terms of, of talent and execution. And, and for some point up till, I think, two weeks ago, they were undefeated uh, and throughout, throughout their campaign. So this is definitely not a light team. Definitely nothing to joke about, uh, and definitely America uh, should start taking this seriously because this could end uh, could end bad for us if things don't go right. Yeah, no, I agree. It it could definitely end bad for us. But AJ, tell me, how are you walking into this one? Oh, oh boy. Um, I'm just really hoping he just perform way better than we did against Cruz Azul. I actually want to see goals being scored into this game because just trying to watch that Cruz Azul versus that America match, it was. Not the greatest for me. We got a draw, but like Christian mentioned, a draw is something you never really want in classical. That's two points that you that you just missed out right there from only just getting one. So in this case, I made it, I feel like they're gonna really need to just step up despite the injuries. They need to really get some 
something going, like score an early goal to get the momentum going. And then for there on, just trying to score some goals. Let's just keep the role going and just trying to score goals. I just want to see Henry perform because it's his favorite team to score against. And I'm pretty sure like the couple of matches that we've had against Pumas, it's always Henry Martin scoring the goals. So I would just love for him to just do his fair muscle celebration and score a goal against much, which I would love to see. But in the same time, we need to be really careful against Pumas because they're a well-rounded team overall and they're fourth and they're four in particular in Juan de Nino. That dude's completely scary and can be, and, can, and when given the ball on a one-on-one or it just has a defender in front, he will gladly take on the defender to then score the goal. Can't forget about Carlos Gonzalez as well because that dude, from the from the Cox when he was scoring goals to make his way to Pumas and he's still scoring goals. It's one of those things that we have to not only be careful about Juan de Nino, but also worry about Carlos Gonzalez right there. And the midfield and defense really really I'd say balanced. They're they're um they got a good midfield and a good defense, but it's something that America, you know, has never faced against. So we're definitely capable of playing playing against Pumas and giving them a good fight. I would hope so. I would hope so. And it's going to be interesting to see what formation we put out there. And talking about formations, Christian, give me your predicted starting 11, or at least if we even have a starting 11 to go up against on Saturday. Yeah, so this is definitely going to be one of the more challenging ones uh, I'm going to have to make during the season. But here we go. And that we have Oscar Jimenez. Um, our defense will be Jorge Sanchez, uh, Ramon Juarez, Luis Fuentes, and Luis Reyes. Um, the midfield will be Richard Sanchez and also Gonzalez on the wings will have Leo Suarez and um and Benedetti. Your camp spot will be Cordova. And up top we'll have if Vignas, if Henry can play, it's Henry and if Vignas can play. Uh, if Henry can't play, it'll be Vinas. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I like the lineup, considering everything that we have going on. Uh do you gentlemen agree? Yeah. I like I like the lineup. Well, I mean, let's hope that's what we get, you know, because I think it's it, it could pay dividends for America, definitely. Um, and hopefully going forward, too, it can it can help out. But um, uh, let's touch a little bit upon this. I know what we alluded to it already, but Oscar Jimenez, of course, having to take the role for Ochoa for these next couple of weeks. We did a poll on Twitter and Dylan, if you'd be so kind as to get the results. We asked all of you over on Twitter as to how confident are we in Oscar Jimenez for the upcoming latter half of the season, since he's going to be with us almost up till the Liga. And uh, Dylan, if you'd be so kind as to read out the results. Yeah. So we put this poll out yesterday, pretty much. Uh, um, or not. Yeah. About yesterday. So uh, out of 147 votes, 81% said they're confident. 14% said little confident and 5% said we're doomed. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I mean, the good thing is that the majority of people uh, are very confident in Jimenez, and I think we very much should be. Um, I think a lot of people have said it on Twitter. I think he's starting caliber for any other Liga Mekis team. And, um, you know, he's definitely going to prove himself uh, you know, quite, uh, quite the goalkeeper in these upcoming weeks. So it could be interesting to have him there. Only question I have now is with this whole defense side of things because he doesn't have his natural center backs that he used to work with, which is Aguilera and Bruno. Now you're stuck with Ramon Juarez and Fuentes. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of all pays factor in this, but we'll have to wait and see. So thank you to everyone who voted on the poll. It was very fun. We love doing these polls and we love 
hearing what you guys have to say in regards to this aspect. But talk to me more, gentlemen, about this game. How does America have to approach this match against Pumas in order to walk away with three points, Christian? Because I think three points are massive. They're needed. They're fundamental. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I think um, the midfield is something we need to improve on. I think just moving the ball around, kind of create more chances. Uh, you know, just do do basic fundamental stuff that we couldn't do in the second half against Cruz Azul will be key. Um, like uh, like AJ like AJ alluded to uh, earlier, Pumas is definitely a well-rounded team with uh, with a great line in every aspect of the field. So it's gonna be it's gonna be very 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 important to kind of keep the ball away from um, Andres Iniestra and Carlos Gutierrez as they will be kind of the ones that will be commanding their attack and make sure that Dineno and Carlos Gonzalez don't get the ball as much because those are two very scary players that can turn the flip, that can turn the, uh, uh, the flip of the game in any given moment. Uh, so definitely look for, look, for, look for us to kind of go on the wings. I think that's what we will try to do. And um, just try to be creative with how you do things because, you know, you get a little too stale and then Pumas will figure you out, especially with, uh, with Alan Mosso kind of being in that, in that back line to kind of just, you know, negate some of the pressure on the, on the left side. So that would be creative in how you approach this thing um, and take those long shots because Salavera will not be in net for Pumas. Uh, they're they're going to have their, their second goalie in net. So definitely test him a little bit. Test him early, uh, get a feel for him and, and go from there. Yeah, I got to test those waters, those long-range shots. Cordova, I'm looking at you, my man. You know, you got it in you, so definitely utilize it. Um, I know I just mentioned Cordova, but who else kind of has this kind of responsibility to be our creative player going forward? AJ, who do you think has a lot of responsibility to make things happen for America with this formation that Christian gave us? Just to make sure, because I was actually writing down the formation. Did you say 4-4-1-1? Sorry, Christian. Was it a 4-4-1-1? That you um said, um, and I guess in a way, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was more like a four-two-three-one with uh with with Richard also, and then on the wings you had Leo Benedetti, Cam Cordova, up top Henry or Vinas, depending on who's available. So I feel like in this case, like what I'm looking at. I'm seeing that Pumas has a as a second goalkeeper. They're not going to be having their best goalie up front, and you know how Sebas Cordova loves those long shots, and you know that throughout um the season he's been picking his game up and proving to himself that how he can be a player that can be really creative. He can get some shots. You have seen against um Cruz Azul, he was the one that was giving that was doing giving it his all. It was individual performances, which is one of the things that I feel like it's going to be a team performance. So where I feel like Cordova is going to have to set up some plays for his teammates. And he can definitely take a long shot at the goalkeeper. That would be wonderful for him to do. And I feel like he should definitely be a player that I feel that's going to be key um, into this match since he's going to be right behind Henry Martin. So it feels like if he really just can't get the ball to Henry Martin, whether he's being covered by defense, by defenders, I feel like Goliath should take the opportunity and just having a crack at goal. He definitely is showing sometimes where he's able to go on a one-on-one or one-on-two with some defenders just take players on. So I feel like in this case, it's going to be Cordova for me, the player to look for, out for in this match and to lead this America side to victory and sports. Okay. This is, this is a weird tangent, but so the FIFA 21 ratings came out, of course, and we already knew Cordova was going to get a 75, but you know what the craziest thing is? They gave him a four-star skill move. Do you agree with that, Christian? And you're debating this because it's too high or too low? It's that I think it's too high. I haven't seen a four-star skill move from Cordoba. I've seen three-star, definitely. I think it's fair. 
I don't know. I, I haven't seen him. He's, I, he, he's not a dribbler to me. I don't think he's a, he, he, he has that in him to be a dribbler. I mean, he could take players on, no doubt about it. But four-star skills move? I don't know. I think that's that's a bit. No, he's a flashy player. That's a bit generous. Yeah, he's a flashy player. I, I I think that's fair. Um, but definitely, you know, Cordova is definitely a, probably the main guy to do it and to kind of play make and create our our attack. But I think we also got to look at at the at kind of the spark you you referenced to earlier, Ivan and and Nicolas Benedetti. I think, uh, and anything, I think he was probably the the best player that we had, other than Oscar Jimenez, to kind of give us some life and 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 some point during the match. Uh, Seems seems like he was just taking on two defenders at, at a time, trying to create something. It's just everyone was a step behind him. Um, and you know, for us, it's great to see that we have a player like that trying to get back into form the way he was uh, before before his terrible injury. And you know, that can work for us in the long run. But we need the others to start getting kind of in his rhythm as well and kind of start understanding each other more. And you know, definitely, but I think could be that 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 difference maker against Pumas. Definitely. Now he's a four star skill move player. Yeah, you like him as four star. Yeah, Benedetti's a, a four-star skill player for me. Yeah, he's nice. I like him. Uh, which, by the way, Cordoba only got a four-star weak foot, which I think people at EA don't know what they're doing. All right? Yeah, he's, he's, five he's at least a five. Yo, where's my yeah. boy? Where's VS's face at? Come on, FIFA. You mean to tell hey, me? Hey, man, Richard Sanchez, right? The, yeah, the, yeah, faces, that... the faces got added. The, the pictures that posted were the website that used uh, used. It's it's weird because if you click on the player, it shows you the actual pictures that they're gonna use on FIFA and not, and they're using the prior one. It's weird. It's it's weird. But you're right, Benedetti has to be that spark for America the way he was against Cruz Azul. Hopefully, this is not a game where you fall too much into individual brilliance, but you have more of a team play, more of a team effort. Um, I think that's definitely gonna pay dividends for America going forward. But all right, gentlemen, enough about all this. Let's talk prediction time. AJ, I'm throwing it to you first. Tell me, Doc. What do you got going? Um, you know what? We're going for this victory. I got a two. I got a two one um, win for America. Okay, this is you definitely did not say that before coming on the podcast. I'll tell you this much. All right, I'm, I'm glad that your enthusiasm has changed moving forward from a couple hours ago. All right, uh, Christian, prediction. Well, considering these are number one and number two attacking teams, I think this game will be a little bit more open. In terms of, I think, you know, Pumas will take their chances. And I think when it, when time comes, America will take theirs. I honestly think it is probably way out of the limb considering everything. I think it's going to be a high scoring match. I think I'm going 3 2 America. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> I can't think of it's more fun. It's more fun that way. It's not a fun when you're on the edge of your seat. All right, Dylan, prediction. Um, I feel like people are going to hate me for this, but I think I'm going to stick with the 1 1 draw. Okay, that's sensible. That's sensible. I don't like it, but it's sensible. Um, you, you know what? Like say, so yeah, well, I mean, that's that we were not supposed to bring that out to light, but you know, now that you said it, um, yeah, I, I was thinking two one coming into this one as well, but kind of not to repeat results. I think I'm going with a one 0 result, uh, which would be very disappointing because I think this is a game where, again fall into this what if category but you know if america had all their players fit and everything i think it's could have been it's could have been a much much high scoring game for america where you could have easily have maybe taken the points 
more than what you will probably on on Saturday. So I'm going one nil. Hopefully that's true because then that means another clean sheet for this very very dampered uh, America defense. But at the end of the day, we'll have to wait and see and find out. All right, gentlemen, this match is going to be on Saturday. It's going to be the second Clásico Capitolino to be played as the ladies ho as the ladies go and travel to Seoul, and they're going to be playing the Clásico Capitolino as well. Also, the men's will then follow up and play. Uh, that game is going to be live via to the end, and you guys can catch that. Uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, if you guys are in Anaheim, Dallas, and or Arizona, and you guys have bought tickets to go catch the uh, the watch-along party. I don't think it's actually called a watch-along party. We're going to call it a watch-along party because it seems adequate. You guys it's, a party, no? it's, it's a drive-in. Drive it's a drive-in watch-along. Drive that that makes it childish, Ivan. Way to go. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Look, uh, it's been a long day. All right. We've had quite the show today. Of course, you guys know what we're talking about, not just our show, but uh, the debate that was prior on to this. Ivan, and... we're not here to hear excuses from you or, you know, your mishaps in the day. <laughs> right now, we're talking about America, and you in just America. made us look unprofessional. unprofessional. Well, well, By calling it a, a watch along. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not watching a Disney show to sing along with the high school music over here. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. I didn't, I didn't call it a sing along though. But that's oh, what I'm thinking. Did. That's what I'm thinking. Well, that's you. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people are doing sing alongs when they're, they're also doing watch alongs. Mm -hmm. But that, that here or there, if you guys do end up going to those, to that thing that Club America and Prime that Time thing. Sports are hosting. Now, not <laughs> call it that thing. No, okay, the drive-in. Excuse me, the oh drive-in. If you guys do end up going to the drive-in that they are hosting, make sure you guys send us plenty of pictures. Let us know how you, that experience was. And uh, please, please stay safe at all time when you guys are out there. But uh, gentlemen, we've run the course. Um, while I said we'd love to keep everyone entertained with our ongoing back and forth. I think it's time to let these people rest. It's time to go to bed. And we'll catch you guys on Thursday to talk all things Lady Aguila. So then thank you guys for coming on to the show. Thank you guys for uh, watching. Everyone on SoundCloud and uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, thank you so much for listening. And we'll be in touch with you guys very, very soon. All right, gentlemen, you have yourself a wonderful night. We'll talk very soon. And wear your masks. Please wear your masks. Until next time, take care. And as always, Arriba America. Good night, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, this was another production of the Eagle Eye Podcast. The number one source for all things Club America in English. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Eagle Eye Podcast and get all the latest news and coverage. And subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you may listen.